Algar Productions. Welcome to the post-atomic Battlestar Galactica podcast with your hosts Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Covering episode one thirty-three. Hi, friends. It's uh, well, we were it's on a us. We. It's Mario Day. Yes. And it's all I can do not to just stare up at my, my screen, which is right here with, with Mario Maker 2. I'm No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the show. That's what I'm doing. Al, come back to me. You can play an infinite number of Mario levels with me, your best friend, Mario. Look, unless you got janky Mario, I can wait. Damn. <laughs> this is me, janky Mario. I'm uh, dwelling in your backyard. Dwelling. I uh, fall- one. Oh. I folded myself into your refrigerator. One thing I hate more than realms is dwelling. <laughs> this is so an we unfortunate were, amount of dwelling. We we were on a bit of a streak there. I, I guess alienation was good, but mm-hmm. uh, we we had you know the greatest American hero and, and deadly games. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, this is this is what this portion of the show is going to be like, huh? Mm-hmm. The real this crap basket. Until, yeah, until Star Trek comes back, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and no, because Matt found something from you know ten years ago. Yep, it's uh, still pretty good. Well, that was when we were uh, doing this, and we we're like, okay, so we're going to pick some stuff from every decade. My yeah. first thought for the aughts was, well, I'm definitely doing Battlestar Galactica, my favorite television show from the, mi- from the mid-aughts. Yeah, see, sometimes I'm concerned about things like that, because when you revisit those things, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, well, we haven't got, with Battlestar, we haven't got a chance to get to the oh, oh, no part yet. I, but it, it's been long enough. Like, this premiered in, what, 2005? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been 14 years. It's been long enough that you could look back at this now and say, oh, this is uh, uh, there's a lot of shows that came since this that have done it much better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes those shows that, that do something a little new. Oh, sure. And end up looking very stale because everything else copies it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have that problem. No, uh, it was quite good. I Not perfect, but quite good. Yeah. Definitely the best sci-fi show on TV at that point that, oh, that yeah. I was aware of. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone's going to write it and say, like, The Expanse or something. Look, I don't watch every show ever. but I still have to watch The Expanse. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll throw it in the mix for this. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, but but no, it's it stands up. And you picked one of, like, you picked the episode I would have picked. Yeah. Well, this was the other thing where it was like, well, what episode am I going to pick? Well, 33 is not only the, like, the pilot after the, the miniseries. It's also one of the best episodes of the entire series. It is. And, and it works more or less as a standalone. Mm-hmm. So why don't I tell you what happens in 33? Yes, do it. In the... Okay, I'm just going to spoil the finale of the show so I can use this setup. In the future of the past... A ragtag band of scraggly-ass humans flee their inevitable doom by the mighty mechanical hands of the clearly superior Cylons. Yes, finally! Finally a fucking science fiction show with actual fucking robots! How are there so few robots in sci-fi? They're a fucking cornerstone of the genre! There's no robots anywhere! I haven't seen this show for at least a decade, and since it was heavily serialized, I don't have a clear idea of who everyone is anymore exactly. It all makes sense at a binge watch, but when you pick a single episode like this, it's easy for otherwise important characters to be shuffled into the background for whatever our story is this week. So I'm going to do this mostly from memory. 
Our crew consists of Boomer, a fighter pilot who is definitely not a Cylon. Starbuck, a cigar-chomping, hard-fighting, hard-drinking, also fighter pilot. And actually, she's a woman, hashtag feminism. Also, she's definitely not a Cylon either, or an angel. What a stupid thing to say. <clears throat> You're ridiculous for even bringing it up. Apollo, like Tom Paris if he was played by the watered-down TV equivalent of Tom Cruise, except he's also sucking helium for some reason. Seriously, I did not remember this dude being part of the High Voice crew. Unsettling. <clears throat> then there's Captain Dad, played by Edward James Olmos. He's such a great captain that he's actually an admiral. By his side is drunk Fargo John McCain, who <laughs> may be one of the most punchable characters to appear in any television show since, since Jonathan Archer. Also, definitely, absolutely no question, not a fracking Cylon. <laughs> oh, and don't forget President Space Mom, who was the Secretary of Education before robots murdered the entire government and left her in charge. She's basically King Ralph, except instead of becoming King of England, actually, it's almost nothing like King Ralph. Finally, there's Dr. Gaius Baltar, who's basically that evil changeling duplicate of Julian Bashir if he never got caught and moved to wherever and whenever this is. <laughs> It took me all of 30 seconds to remember why Amanda and I called him Dr. Crazy Pants, because his pants are, in fact, extremely crazy. He's seeing visions of a smoking hot Cylon lady who keeps droning on about God and the plan that the Cylons definitely have. Spoiler alert, neither of these things actually exist. <laughs> While all of this is happening, the Cylons keep showing up every 33 minutes to handily pick off what's left of the fleet, which itself is all that's left of humanity. Galactica and the other ships keep making faster-than-light jumps each time, hoping this this leap will be... I have no idea how this goes, and I've never seen Quantum Leap, and I have no intention of starting now. Anyway, this is seriously the plot of the entire episode, which is why I've stalled for so long setting everything up, because the story really is just run from robots, robots catch up, keep running, run forever, never sleep, run until we're dead. It's excellent. Finally, they managed to get away, but not before being almost Trojan horsed to death by a missing carrier with nukes aboard. In the end, thousands of additional lives were lost, but then a baby is born, so everything is great again, I guess? It could also be the tiniest crumb of hope in an otherwise hopeless ocean of misery and despair. And, okay, one final spoiler, it's definitely that one. I love this show so much. It's so bleak. Oh my god, this is the bleakest show on TV. <laughs> and... We have complained a lot, especially me, mm. I have complained a lot about Star Trek getting this bleak, because I don't think this belongs in Star Trek. It's great here. Sure. But I think when, like, like Discovery has stolen large swaths of this show. Uh-huh. Like, stolen is a, is a harsh word. They've, they've definitely been influenced by this show. Well, sure. Like, this was... Like this was so big in in the aughts. Like this this yeah. was what this was one of the shows everyone was watching Battlestar back then. And it was then. one of the big sort of like uh, genre crossovers where people were like, uh, I don't know if I want to watch a space show yeah, with robots. Exactly. Hey, this is pretty good. No, we were pulling. You're pulling in people who don't watch sci-fi because the show is just that good. Yeah. No, between this and Lost, regardless mm -hmm. of of your actual opinion of Lost, and I know you haven't seen it, mm -hmm. but. The, those two shows did a lot to, to sort of, like, uh, bring that stuff into the mainstream. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not surprising that Discovery is picking picking from its bones. No. And some of it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, some of the stuff they borrow from this is okay. Some of it, less so. And and if we haven't mentioned, and if you're not aware, uh, the, the big brain behind the show was Ronald D. Moore, uh, one of our favorite writers from yep. uh, DS9 and Next Gen, and uh, Voyager for about a second. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think he wanted to do some some sort of grittier stuff in Star Trek. And like uh, either they wouldn't let him or maybe he realized it, it didn't belong. But he's like, you know what? 
I know a good place for this. One of the things I think about a lot is that, like, when he went over to, he, he talked about when he went over to Voyager and he was like, okay, so how many shuttles do you have left? And nobody knew. Mm-hmm. So he went off and made a show where there's literally a count every week about how many people are still alive. Yeah, and we're talking, like, down to the single digit. Mm-hmm. Uh, tens of thousands of people. Like, we know how many people there yeah. are. They probably could name them. Yep. Yeah, it's, and and I, there's so much of it that I had forgotten about. I forgot how sort of post 9-11, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking the pulse of where America was at this point mm-hmm. it was. Like, especially the, they got the big um, uh, wall of photos of, of the victims. Oh, yeah. Like very, you know ground zero at the world trade center stuff and, mm-hmm. and a lot of that and later on we get a lot of uh justifying the use of torture and mm-hmm. like all that stuff and and unlike in enterprise where it made no sense and also it didn't really fit the, the tone of the show here it's like they spend a few seasons getting you to really like these guys and then they're the ones throwing people out the airlock and you're like whoa is that do I support a torturer? Oh, God, do I support a torturer? Well, that's the thing. Like, you would, like, this show had no problem with making any of its characters monsters. Right. Like, the, like you spend a lot of time, like, oh, man, President Rosalind's fucking great. Yeah, she's and fantastic. Then when they capture Boomer, like, at the end of the season, like, she's just like, kill her. I want her yeah. out of here. No, and that's, like, that's good social commentary. That's good this is what's going on in the country right now, and mm-hmm. you might think you voted for good people, but look what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of thing. And that's how you use science fiction like that. Instead of just a shortcut for the plot where it's like, oh, we made the hard decisions because it's, you know, uh, whatever. Well, that's the thing. A lot of, like, a lot of shit. Fucking Enterprise did this all the time where it talked about making the hard decisions. Yeah. But really, it just made the easy decision. This show actually feels like these people are making hard decisions and it is wearing on them no starting like leading off after your after your big setup mm-hmm. like leading off with this as your first official episode this is this really paints a picture of how hopeless everything is and how backed into a corner everyone is and and any horrible decisions they make from this point forward you can already kind of understand because it's like well yeah look look at their look at how their lives are yeah i love this is, this is my good thing uh, the concept of this episode is so good where you just have the Cylon army who don't sleep. Nope. Showing up every 33 minutes, which is clearly a decision made just to fuck with people. No. In fact, I was, I was reading, uh, uh, Ron Moore's thoughts on this and he's like, uh, people look for meaning or for some techno babble reason. There's none of that. Mm-hmm. I picked, I picked a, a, a duration of time where it is impossible to get any satisfying amount of sleep mm-hmm. or, or even like, have a shower like you know there's not enough time to do anything yeah and that's that's the entire reason it's 33 minutes like you can't like if you go to the bathroom that takes up like 10 minutes yeah and yeah i like simple self-care yeah like getting out of your your fighter to Mm -hmm. go have a poop and a shower yeah and get back in your fighter that's 33 minutes probably yeah exactly like landing, waiting for the other guys to taxi, getting out, doing the maintenance checkout, all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Ugh. No, like, so, yeah. th- there's a scene where Adama's just shaving because he can for, like, five seconds. Yep. No, they, they, they sleep in ten-minute shifts, the, yeah. uh, the, the Admiral and the XO. There's a bit, um, as every, when everything is, like, like uh, where they think 
everything slowed down. Like mm-hmm. they're they're on pins and needles waiting to hear from the, like the silence have decided to leave them alone. Yeah, for the first time, thirty three minutes have passed and we're safe. Maybe it's over, or maybe they're fucking with us. We don't know yet. And like so, Adama's just like talking to the president or whatever, and you can see in the background everyone on the bridge is just sleeping. Yep, and it's great. Oh, I felt I felt so bad for uh, what's her name, Dwala, mm-hmm. who may have lost the ship. It that's so good. Yeah, because she's just so exhausted, and then fucking piece of shit Colonel Ty yells at her, and I'm just and, don't yell at her. I mean, like I get it. <laughs> no, I know. Like you know, it's a counting thing, and she's just like, "Well, did you forget them? Did they get killed? Like what? We don't we don't know." And now over a thousand people are dead. Yeah, but the titles keep coming up and telling us it's been like 170 hours since they've slept. Think yeah. about that. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Fuck, I love this show so much. It's very good. Again, though, I want to be clear. I do like this show because it's bleak. I don't like mm. bleakness in Star Trek. I've just spent so long saying how much I don't like this. I kind of yeah. want well, to back very up different. and say, yeah, it works in other things. Yeah. I just think Star Trek in particular, like, is supposed to be hopeful. That's its yeah. thing. Yeah. This, this is the the last vestiges of humanity trying to survive. It, mm-hmm. it should be a little rough. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like you know, uh, I I'm all for the the hopefulness and positivity of Star Trek. And sometimes I want to watch the s- sad people have the worst days of their lives. There's a reason I watch BoJack. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, I just I just because on this show I talk so much about how I'm so tired of bleakness mm. and and hopelessness and 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 the, the torture and the constant yeah. violence and and I am, but when it's done well in something that's designed for it, it's mm-hmm. very good. Well, that's the thing. The very concept of Star Trek is supposed to be against all that sort of thing. Right. Like, you know, using technology to make, like, we've made, our technology's gotten so good that, like, we can afford to, like, we've made our lives better, you know? Yeah, in which so is, many ways. Which is why seeing, like, Archer do stuff that I've seen them do on Battlestar Galactica is so upsetting because we're supposed, you're supposed to be better. This show is supposed to be better. And the franchise is supposed to be better. Mm-hmm. And but again, like, and also Enterprise was super lazy about it. Yeah, but I, again, I just I just wanted to point out like I have a problem with that in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But like my all time favorite series of all time, hands down, is The Sopranos, which is the bleakest fucking show you will ever see. Sure, I like me some bleakness mm-hmm. when it's done well, and, yeah. and this is done very well. Mm-hmm. I was reminded how many characters I either don't like or don't care for, though, or don't <laughs> care about. Like, I think I like about half the the cast. I mean, that's the other thing is that, like, there are some deeply unlikable characters who are just here, you know? Yeah, but unlikable, like, Baltar is fascinating. Unlikable, oh, like, Apollo is irritating. Uh, yeah. And this, yeah. is, this L- is my bad. Lee isn't good. Yeah, no, Lee... Lee sucks. Uh, I have a. This is my bad thing. I have a strong mm-hmm. memory of hating Apollo, and I thought maybe that had to do with some stuff that happens later in the series. Like, there's a whole season where he's a lawyer, and there's a yeah. long courtroom thing that I found very boring. But nope, he's here in and in this 42 minutes, he's very terrible. Mm-hmm. He's like every young hotshot Star Trek officer with daddy issues, except he actually works with his daddy. <clears throat> and Starbuck. Hardly a model of stability and responsibility has to smack him in the face and remind him how to actually lead people, which, which actually is my quote. I'm just going to play that here. All right. Kara, everyone else. I don't fly with stims. A bunch of reflexes, your reaction time. Come on, Kara, give me a break. Just. Why are we arguing about this? 
I have no idea. Neither do I. You're the CAG. Act like one. What the hell does that mean? It means that you're still acting like you're everyone's best friend. We're not friends. You're the CAG. Be careful out there. Our job isn't to be careful. It's to shoot silence out of the frackin' sky. Good hunting is what you say. And now one of your idiot pilots is acting like a child and refusing to take her pills. So she either says, yes, sir, and obeys a direct order, or you smack her in the mouth and you drag her sorry ass down to sickbay, and you make her take those pills. Also, that quote reminds me, I hate frack. That's fair. Frack never bothered me, and I usually do hate fake, uh, fake, swearing. Uh, fake swearing. Like, yeah. just swear. Yeah. But... I don't know. Frack is such a part of Battlestar Galactica for me. Like, this is the one. I don't care. I think as long as you don't use it in real life. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not that. I but knew a couple of people who said frack, like, just to say it, and I hated all of them. There's a there's a type of nerd that does that kind of thing, and, and I shouldn't judge and it shouldn't bother me, but boy, it does. Why don't you frack off? How about that? Yeah. You, you oh, excuse head. me. I misread that. Why don't you fuck off? Yeah, that's better. I still I stand by Smeghead though. You shit faced turd blossom. <laughs> no, it's Lee just kind of sucks. Yeah. And again, high voice crew. This Very weird. Might, like was, hey guys. was this, Yeah. That was weird. Like, I don't remember that about him at all. No, and I thought, okay, maybe the copy that I have is is sped up or something, but no, everyone else selling it normal. Yeah. I'm gonna be the CAG, you guys. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cag off. <laughs> Much better than frack. Uh -huh. I think I think if I were binge watching the show, like the whole show, mm -hmm. after about three episodes, frack wouldn't bother me anymore. But the No, it just sort of becomes part of the show. Yeah. The fact that I watched one single yeah, it's a good episode, but one single mm -hmm. episode, uh, you know, with no other context, it's like, oh, that's very jarring now. Mm hmm But no, I just I, I didn't like him. I I never warmed to Colonel Ty. Just super piece of shit. I love Colonel Ty. Do you love He's... to hate him? Yes. Okay. And also, he has the most fun voice to do. Well, yes, he does. That dude is so fucking Canadian. <laughs> I, just, I, I pegged it as Midwestern. I guess they're very, very similar, though. That dude bleeds Labatt blue. He just, he, he sounds very Minnesota to me. Very. My know. God, Bill. Oh, are you in I had no... I had no fracking idea, I swear to God, Bill. And so many of the twists that the show would take later really mm -hmm. just ruined it for me. Like, yeah. everyone ends up being a fucking Cylon. Well, that's the thing. Like, the whole show is all about how they have a plan, and they fucking don't. No, they made a movie called The Plan, and it yeah. was not any more clear by the end of it. No. It they really terrible. tricked us for four years. And, and the end was uh, the, the very end. Like the, yeah, with, where they end up on Earth mm -hmm. because they arrive in their B arc. Yep, and then the very end where they cut to like uh, uh, Baltar and Number Six, like playing with toy robots and saying, "See, it could happen here," and they look right in the camera, like, "Oh, fuck you!" Also, all those characters you love so much definitely fucked cavemen. I mean, I guess so. That was a no. That was a big part. I remember this distinctly. It's like we'll breed with the uh, the indigenous population and then like eventually just become part of the planet it's like cool you guys are fucking cavemen that's not the best news yeah, not, not as such i guess spoilers for all of battlestar galactica oh, yeah. on this look, episode look we're we're reviewing the series basically through mm -hmm. this episode yeah uh i don't know there's there there is a lot to like though 
Yes. And I and there's a thing I know you don't care for that I actually did, which was mm. the robots going on and on about God. I like I like the irony of the machines being religious and the people not being. That yeah, right. is something that just tickles exactly the right part of me. See, this is the weird thing, okay? Like, I don't hate her going off about God because I think God is stupid. Like, this is not my Star Trek thing where I'm, oh, people are talking about mm-hmm. God again. Shut up. She just can't, like, she, this episode specifically, she hammers that shit the entire episode. Well, I think this is the first, like, this goes on for a while. Mm. She's in his head for a long time. Yep. And this is the first, like, her big pitch. Her, like, mm-hmm. this is, the, these are the main ideas. Like, she's got to hit the big points of it real hard. Yeah. I feel like she, she eases up a little as time goes on. Oh, definitely. I like how his cutaways inside his head look. Oh, yeah, the like that weird house in, again, Vancouver, where well, it's filmed. And I, it might have actually been Vancouver in the show. It probably was. I don't remember. But yeah. um, uh, it's from the, the pilot or miniseries or whatever it was, the thing that came before this. That's mm. his actual house. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I what I like is the sort of bleak, not a lot of color, not a lot of like life in anyone, uh, surroundings of the spaceships. And then we cut to his inner life which is this beautiful house by the ocean and her very vivid red dress and like oh yeah her her dress is like the brightest thing in any scene she's in yeah and it's very colorful and a very good contrast to what's going on it's like Mm. he'd rather live here it was like it was a actually if i remember it was like a weird thing the show sort of like focused on for like it's in a lot of the marketing and stuff yeah his his weird inner life this super this super tall chick in a red dress well I mean, I was I was very struck by by how attractive she was, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not going to be a creep about this or anything. But I just like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, where another one of her shows up on the planet, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's not just that dress and that hair. She's just a very pretty lady. Yep. And it's, you know, like I I thought maybe that was another one of those things where I was just like remembering all the marketing or whatever, but no. Yeah. Which is good because for her to work as a as a you know as a tempter. Mm-hmm. Like she has to be, and and you know, Balter is not a bad looking dude himself. I mean, he really is Julian Bashir two He looks so much like Bashir; it's bizarre, and sounds exactly like him. Yeah, like he's got exactly the same particular British accent mm-hmm. from whatever specific region that is. There's thousands of flavors of British accent, and he's got the exact one. Yeah, it's just it's it's unsettling sometimes. <laughs> Do you remember? I think there was only one episode where um, mm. uh, Nana Visitor showed up. She did, yes. Uh, she was a character with, uh, uh, I think, cancer that was... Yeah, I remember um, her in a hospital bed, but I don't remember the context. This was like when Rosalind's cancer's gotten real, real bad, like, mm-hmm. towards the end of the show. And, right. like, they bonded, and then I think she died or something. Yeah, she was but like... Yeah, a, she was great. A one-off guest star of the week. Yeah, I was so excited to see her. Yeah. And then uh, John Hodgman shows up at, at one point as well. Yeah, and this is so early. Like, John Hodgman was, like, it was so early in his career at this point, too. Yeah. It's very good. I think he was a doctor or something. Yeah, he was, because um, yeah. uh, uh, someone was just uh, talking nonsense, and he had the line, word salad, which, mm-hmm. I don't know, made me laugh because of the way he said it. <laughs> uh, so what was your bad thing, speaking of bad things? Uh, what was my bad thing? Oh, yeah, so <laughs> we haven't talked about this at all, but uh, meanwhile, back on, I think it's Caprica? It is Caprica. Uh, so they've left uh, Hilo behind, mm-hmm. and like this is, you know, this is a problem problem with serialized shows is we're trying to keep track of everybody but like 
you know, we, we cut back to Hilo running around the forests of Caprica getting stalked by Cylons. And honestly, it kind of takes the, the wind out of the tension to the rest of the episode when we've got, like, like breathing room. I can see that. I see, you know, I see that as a valid point as far as the narrative goes. But I think it served some some interesting uh, uh, functions. For instance, he's there with uh, Sharon slash Boomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is also on the ship, which means we, the audience, realize she's a Cylon. Mm-hmm. She doesn't realize herself that she is a Cylon, much less anyone else around her. Yeah. But we can see, wait a minute, there's two, oh shit, there's two of them. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that subtle, and I don't know if they just slap you in the face with it in the in the miniseries or what. Well, but... if I recall correctly, that was the, that was, that's the, the cliffhanger that the miniseries ends on is the reveal that Boomer's a Cylon. Ah. See, what I like is how relatively subtle it is. Like, if you're not paying attention, like, wait, that's she's on the ship, right? Yeah. What? what huh? And No, and again, it's the pilot, so it's important to, like, establish where everybody is. Yeah. But an episode based around this is never stopping, it's always happening. Like, giving the audience a breather, like, I feel like it takes a lot of the wind out of the episode. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a valid point. But again, mm. I think, also, we got an opportunity to see those fucking robots. I love robots how the centurions look yeah i i mean i love them i said this in my in my summary but like how are there so few robots in science fiction really yeah seriously right i love robots it's my thing man the only thing centurions are missing in this entire tv show is that i found out later that in original battlestar Mm -hmm. some of them wear capes and i want to see these guys wear capes (laughs) yes I've never seen the original, and I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna speak ill of it. I'm sure it was mm-hmm. a bit cheesy. It was definitely a rip off of Star Wars, but I, I'm gonna tell you this right now: do not speak ill of Battlestar Galactica. There are some diehard fans on Twitter who will who uh, track that and will come out of the woodwork to yell at you if you make fun of it. Yeah, and the mute and block buttons are my friend. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I just I'm not gonna speak ill of something I haven't seen. I will speak sure. ill all day long of Deadly Games and the Greatest American Hero. Mm-hmm. And I know there are big fans of, uh, well, at least one of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, my good thing. I yes. W- I want to talk about the aesthetic of this show. All right. Everything's so low tech looking, which is built right into the premise of the story. We don't talk about this here, but in the in the, the setup uh, uh, miniseries, mm-hmm. the idea is that the only reason that Battlestar Galactica survived is because the entire much more high tech fleet was wiped out by a computer virus. Yeah, they're about to retire it and put it in a museum, if yeah. I recall correctly. Yeah. It's got old analog, it's got landlines. Yeah. And analog clocks that we're counting down the 33 minutes with. It's got ancient computers. Like they look like the first computers I used in the early 80s in, in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And all of that is by design. And the most dangerous weapons they have are nukes. Which yeah, you know, we already know what those are. It's not like a mm-hmm. like some techno babble thing. It's nukes. We know what nukes are. See, the thing is, we're already in space with robots traveling faster than light. You don't need to overdo the syntho flavo. Bah. Like, no, everything feels much more real this way. Well, and I think that was one of the things that appealed to people who weren't huge sci-fi fans is this whole show feels like a submarine movie. Honestly, yeah. Well, and some you know? good Star Trek episodes felt like that, too. But then some writers Absolutely. would get carried away, Bran and Braga, with their, mm-hmm. you know, incessant need to explain every tiny thing with nonsense science. Well, that's the thing. Like, the universe of Battlestar Galactica is, like everything else in Battlestar Galactica, so bleak. Yeah. There is there is nothing in this universe except for these humans 
and an army of Cylons that are trying to murder them. Yeah, they, never, they never run into any aliens or anything like there's that. There's no aliens. There's no weird space phenomenon. There's nothing but just a, an endless sea of black. Yep. And I like, I'm, I like a good space show about that. Mm-hmm. Space stories about just how empty. Like, that's one of the things I liked about the Red Dwarf novels in particular. Yes. Was they focused on, like, there's no aliens out here. Every time we run into something, it's something that started on Earth. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I like, again, the only, I think the only sci-fi concepts that are, that are different than our own world are robots and faster than light. Mm-hmm. Everything else is stuff we already have. Well, any time we'd cut to Cap, to like the the colonies mm-hmm. or the entire TV show Caprica, mm-hmm. it's like this is basically a mo- the modern world. Like, yeah. there's not a whole lot different. No, from, the series the series Caprica, which I re- I remember liking, it was cut short mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah, but I remember enjoying it. Uh, dealt with like basically someone from now times inventing artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Yeah, <laughs> which is already a thing. And and that's good. You, you take the science fiction and, you know, Star Trek exists 300 years in the future, 400 years in the future, whatever. Like, you, of course, you want to you want to make it more. But for this, it's nice. Like, I like. Yeah, it, it adds a whole like a whole different aesthetic. And the gritty thing, I think, takes better to this. Yes, Cause, absolutely. Because it's something we can relate to in our own world, which is bleak and terrible. It sure is. All of this said <laughs> every that, day. Uh huh. All of this said, I am not, like, one big part of the aesthetic I'm not a fan of is mm. the handheld camera thing. Okay. Which is something that, it didn't start here, but it definitely got popular here. And mm-hmm. a lot of shows are doing it now. Like, Discovery does it. Well, Discovery also does that roll thing. I hate I that fucking too. stand. I just, just point the camera at a thing and leave it yeah. there, man. No, I actually, I, I like the handheld camera thing. I like it for this show specifically, because mm. it is part of this show specifically. I don't need to see it in everything. I what I don't like it in a dialogue scene. Like mm-hmm. when when you're just on the ship and it's two guys talking, I don't like it. When you're out doing the fighters, I do think it adds to the chaos and I think it probably also helps the effects guys sort of smooth over like oh, if the if the camera's wobbly, I don't have to make this ship look absolutely perfect. I love those like those swoop in shots of like where like you'll see uh it's far away from Galactica and then it'll like zoom in on like the uh yeah. as like the vipers like shoot out of it. It's just, God, I love this. It's very inspired by, and you won't know this because you've only seen the first 20 minutes of it, but it's very inspired Mm. by uh, Saving Private Ryan, actually. Yep. A little bit of uh, (laughs) Pa continuity there. Way to remember how much of Saving Private Ryan I've seen. Uh, It was only last week. I guess that's true. I can't remember past last week, but (laughs) I did have the conversation with you and then listen again when I edited the show, so... No, it's it, it like, and I don't think Spielberg invented that either. But I think mm-hmm. what he did was he took like he wanted to make it look like someone was there filming yeah. like newsreel footage or whatever, and it was real and like, oh, something interesting's happening. Quick, zoom in, and like a lot of shows after that that do big battles, like definitely crib from that. Oh, totally. It's like whoever's holding the camera just got really excited and suddenly pointed that way. Yeah. No, it's good. I just I. When you're when you when you got a scene between like I say two people in a room, I, I don't care for handheld camera. I never have. I don't like it in mm-hmm. in sitcoms. I don't like it. it. I just don't like it. But it is the style of the time, so I just need to shut up and take it. I guess. Yeah. Sorry. I, I you know. I get someday it. we'll get back. Someday we'll get back to three camera dramas. I assume. I I don't. I mean, fucking <laughs> put put. A million cameras in and make it like an immersive hologram. I don't care. Just like keep it still. Just film the entire show like it's that one scene in the Matrix. 
which one scene? The one where she does the kick and it like rotates around her. Oh, right, right, right. You know, the kick, the, the Matrix kick. I can kick. <laughs> she could kick. The Crispin Glover kick, of course. <laughs> I, I'm in the Matrix now. Don't know that I've seen the Matrix in 20 years. I like I watched it. it on the way, I watched it on the bus back from your house when I visited last month. Oh. Still pretty good. Yeah, I imagine so. Uh, they're talking mm. about doing another one. I mean, you know, that sounds good. Like the Wachowskis are on board for that. So it's, oh, that'd be awesome. I, I guess. I mean, they made two more that nobody liked. I mean, that's true, but they also made some some uh, some movies since then. So, yeah. you know, maybe they got better. I mean, I'm sure they did. But yeah. Honestly, they should make Speed Racer 2 to shut Flunk and uh, Brian up. Oh, that'll never... You don't shut Brian up. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and you don't shut Flunk up about Speed Racer. You definitely don't. No. Uh, so what else? Oh man, what else? Like I, I because again, one episode in something that was meant to be uh, absorbed as a whole season. Mm. I only got sort of a taste of a lot of the characters. Like Starbucks yes, was, was definitely burned very brightly, and uh, uh, that's about it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's 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 a hundred percent action for the entire. Like it's either action or getting ready for more for action. It is so like, but also all the characters are beaten down and tired and feeling terrible mm. and low energy. Like you're not seeing the ideal versions of the characters. Yeah. They're all... Uh... Oh, I want to talk about Baltar for a second. Yeah, absolutely. Because I love I love how much of a piece of shit he is. Oh, he so is. He's the one who sold out humanity. Basically, like, Caprica and the other colonies got nuked because of him. Yep. And he spends, like, what, the entire show trying to make sure no one ever finds that out? Yeah, and it's so obvious in this episode, the first one, where mm. they're like, um... Uh, what was it? I don't remember the setup, but it's like we might the, someone's going to tell us who the traitor is, and he just yeah, interrupts a, and says, "Oh no, that's a very bad idea." Yeah, no, this is a guy who is a hundred percent willing to kill over a thousand people to make sure that nobody blames him for uh, killing for, millions uh, of bad, people. Exactly, maybe billions, maybe billions, but at least that was like he did like he didn't know that they were going to like nuke all of civilization. He just thought that they were terrorists. Or yeah, something. but he also didn't tell anyone after. So sure. Look, I'm not saying he's a good person. He's a terrible person. Like, maybe he didn't know him. what he was getting into, but he didn't make any kind of restitution afterwards, so that's almost yeah. as bad. Yep. But, like, just watching him do these, like, these these conversations with, with Six, who acts like his conscience, basically. Yeah. But is also trying to win him over to the dark side. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, because we, we also don't know what Six's deal is. And honestly, right now, I don't remember what it turned out to be. It was probably not very good. Well, no, because they don't have a plan. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, the show got, what, five seasons? Five. Uh, no, was it five or four? Because two was split up into two uh, they box did that sets. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, anyway, I would say three or, f like, three or three and a half of the five, if we're calling it mm. five, were good. Like, yeah. most of it was good. But then there's, like, a season and a half where it just kind of got off the rails. I yeah. No, if I remember correctly, the ass end of three is not very good. That's and where all the four, legal stuff happened. Yeah, and four is bad. I, I, that's not how I remember it, but you might be right. Uh, it's been forever since I watched I this show. I remember five fixing a lot and mm -hmm. getting good again, and then at the very end, they pissed it down their leg. Yeah, yeah, that, that last episode is a fucking nosedive. Where, seriously, Starbuck is an angel. That sucks. Yeah. And she does that thing where she like leads them to like to Earth or whatever, and then she just vanishes. Yeah. 
That was your plan, huh? Oh, man. The only thing I liked about that is Adama and Rosalind dying together on a, like, shitty island. Yeah. No, that was good. I like yeah. those two, and I like the... We always talk in every Star Trek series about how the, the captain is the parent. Mm-hmm. We talk about, like, you know, Picard and, and uh, Cisco being dads and, and yeah. uh, Janeway and um, uh, Giorgio being moms. And they're, they're very, you know, the ship's dad and the ship's mm-hmm. mom. And, and these two, it's like we have the dad and the mom both. Yeah. Because we have well, and- the, the, the captain who is an admiral and we have the president. Mm-hmm. Well, and the great thing about the early stuff, too, I forgot about this, is that, like, they were constantly at war over, like, well, yeah, because uh, controlling the fleet. She's the secretary of of uh, education. She's mm-hmm. not a war person, and she's suddenly in charge, and military guys resent that. Oh, totally. She's got no military experience. She's got no business telling them what to do, but also she's the ranking person, so she's she gets to tell Yeah, exactly. Well, like, if I remember the, the miniseries correctly, he just assumes he's in charge because, like, he's the, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's the admiral. Yeah. But well, he's not even an admiral. He's a commander in this one. He doesn't get to be an admiral until the Pegasus shows up. Oh, I don't remember. I mean, I I, I believe you. I just don't remember. Appar- apparently, I have needed to talk about Battlestar Galactica for about 10 years because we talked I about it of... when it was on, but not in front oh, of people. Yeah. But, like, I am unloading this episode. Yeah, that's fine. That's what it's for. Pegasus is also very good. Pegasus was good. Uh, the 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 plan was not good. No, the plan was not good. Uh, it's not Pegasus. It was Razor. Uh, oh, that's right. Brought to you by yeah. Quiznos. Brought to you by Quiznos. Yep. Uh, oh, another another Star Trek alum showed up in that. Actually, the uh, the the, yep. the terrifying admiral or captain or whatever in that was yeah Ensign uh, Rowe as uh, Admiral Kane. Yeah, that's right. She's an admiral because I remember thinking, wait a minute, she was an ensign like ten years ago. No, that's, she's that's an admiral. Good for damn. That's real good work. She nice just work. Shot right up the chain. Uh huh. Anyway, you were talking about Baltar. We got way off topic. Oh fuck yeah. Okay. No, I just I love I love the this piece of shit character. Like he brings so much to the show just by being a secret piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And the whole and time, ju- just standing there having this private conversation with someone else while people are trying to figure out like who's gonna die next. There's a moment where he's sitting in the chair muttering to himself, and it sort of pans across to, like, these two, these, this poor married couple or whatever who are just sitting there watching him. Mm-hmm. And I just love the, like, this is what it looks like from the outside. Baltar's crazy. Yeah, he's not just, like, closing his eyes and meditating and imagining himself someplace. No, he's having a whole conversation out loud. Yeah. And there's there's bits where he's like he's he's trying to have a conversation. This happened a lot. He's trying to have a conversation with Rosalind and six who nobody can see and is standing right next to like right next to. And he's just sort of bouncing back and forth between the two of them without trying to look like a crazy person. And there's some good writing there with like switching his dialogue from what he says to six to be applicable to what he says to Rosalind. Yeah. Very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I and I like him tremendously. He's he's always great. He's one of those characters you just love to hate. Oh yeah, he's in that like uh, Kai Win mold of just like you yes. never you never like him. Yeah, occasionally he's you always feel there bad for him, and he's but... always good. Yeah, that is the best thing they and they made him like he. I think he was president for like ten minutes in season three or uh, something. Yeah, there was like a rebellion or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but like, like just he. he the way he just spends the entire season just exclusively looking out for number one. Yes, and that's all he ever does. Yeah. And never changes. Nope. Very good. And then he gets to live forever or something. I don't fucking know. Shrug. Yeah. I like Rosalind a great deal. Mm-hmm. And again, I like the idea of the of the, the conflict between the non-military leader 
and the yeah. actual like well, okay but there's someone with a gun in our face we should shoot back right mm-hmm. well, i don't know maybe we should talk no of course we shouldn't talk to him yeah and for a while the secret cylon thing was actually pretty good like the, the it 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 was very much like the who's a changeling thing on ds9 mm-hmm. before it got carried away like boomer being a cylon very good that's the thing is like it never should have been 12 because 12 is too many people well it should but like i think it's supposed to be have? like a they big had, they had five who weren't revealed yeah that was the thing it wasn't that there mm-hmm. were 12 different people in the fleet mm-hmm. is that there were five different people in the fleet right but like yeah so, yeah yeah but like it it's too many honestly well, like if you sh- have like one or two people like hidden throughout yeah it should like, have been mostly people in the fleet there's like fifty thousand people out there yeah the, the chances like, that it should be all the bridge crew mm-hmm. would be remote well that's that and that was what it ended up be, being was like yeah. every we everyone we know and i think one person who showed up an episode early and then was like a cylon in that Right. And the all along the Watchtower episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Where they all start inexplicably singing a uh, Jimi Hendrix or uh, maybe Bob Dylan wrote it. I don't know. Yeah. But an old 60s song. Yep. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Never really explained that one either. Nope. Yeah, whatever. That's a th- At the time, so much of this excited me because it felt like they were going somewhere. And then, yeah. you know, a lot of the time they really sort of didn't. That's- it was just like... It was that weirdness for weirdness's sake. That's mystery box shows for me. That's yeah, we, or or quest shows where mm-hmm. we're going for a goal and along the way. I guess this was kind of both. Yeah, because we're we're going for Earth, whatever Earth is, mm-hmm. and then also yeah, like uh, the the whole like, but but there's a mysterious plan. Maybe we'll find out what it is. Why are these robots talking about God? Who knows? Yeah, well, who and knows? they would do like. They would do like the big episodes where it's like they found like the arrow of Apollo or whatever, uh-huh. and it was treated as like this huge thing that ended up not mattering. Yeah, no, and and Lost ran into some of this. I mean, it did give answers. Shut up, people who say it didn't. But mm-hmm. it, 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 a lot of times it clearly felt like there was a simple answer, and they're like, no, people are going to guess that. Let's let's get weird. That's the thing. This show works best as bleak military. Yeah show you know yeah. like uh the god stuff works coming from the cylons as like a thing they believe in and it's actually a really cool concept to have like the robots who are religious yeah but like getting into actual spirituality and getting into it so out of nowhere by the end of the series well, like it, some of it was okay the thing is this show and again ron moore it, mm. it touches on a lot of the same stuff that ds9 did yeah, you got a lot of that. How do we keep our humanity in the face of of bleakness? And like, uh, there's a perfectly scientific explanation for God, and yet it's still God. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of that. Yeah, but uh, it worked better in DS9, I think. It it yes, which is unfortunate because this show came obviously later, and they should have learned from the mistakes and built on that. You know. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, it did. Well, we said this at the time. Uh... Uh, repeatedly, as I recall, on an episode of SV, where we talked about how Voyage, how Battlestar Galactica was Voyager done right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But on the other hand, again, I don't think a lot of this belongs in Star Trek. I think no. as, as we write our dream Star Trek series, I don't want to use any of this. Yeah, because our people are doing nice things and they're friends. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are bad guys and and bad things can happen. But sure, you know. Yes, they're not going to good people who like each other. Yeah, 
like that's to me star trek has always like the best star trek uh stories have always been about friendship mm -hmm. <laughs> this show think anybody is friends uh no and <laughs> certainly people who start out as friends do not end up as friends <laughs> so but there's again there's a lot of characters that i just don't care about and never grew to care about sure and like there, it's for a big ensemble that I remember loving, it's surprising to me how few of the characters I like. Yeah, I mean, like, you're seeing, like, a but like, you know, there's the, the, the main guys and the background characters and just, like, everyone is... Well, the thing is, everybody has their moment where they're shitty. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's just I don't find mm. some of them interesting. Ah, I see. That's the difference. Well, Lee sucks. Yeah, Lee absolutely sucks. And Ty sucks. I like Ty, but he does suck. No, you like him because it's funny, uh -huh. not because he's a good character. No. <laughs> also, him being a Cylon was fucking stupid. What? Just, what? Yeah. He he's a Cylon, and also his wife is a Cylon. And he's the most anti like like he's your racist grandpa about robots, mm -hmm. and then he is one. <laughs> Well, and then you get into like the weird stuff where it's like, how long have they been Cylons? Like yeah, a lot of that never work? made sense. Yeah. No, it and like the show just kept pretending it did. No. It's like, no, this guy's been in the army for like fifty years or something. Like he's best friends with Adama, and they've got. And it's, no, I was a robot the whole time. Beep boop. Metal skeletons and their spines yeah. glow when they have sex. Like they're... yeah, except when they don't. Like yeah. okay, I will say though, like. All of that was terrible, but some of the guest stars that showed up as some of the other Cylons were very good. Mm. Uh, Dean Stockwell was one of them. Uh, Lucy Lawless yep. was one of them. Oh, Lucy Lawless was so good. Yep. That was a great one where, like, she shows up on the series. At, she's right. She's doing a documentary about the 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 bridge crew, I believe. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, it's one of those episodes that that's filmed as the documentary. Like, right. there's interviews with the cast and stuff. And it's really well done. And then at the end, she's a fucking Cylon, and then she disappears for, like, five episodes. Yeah, but they, they all pop up every now and then. Like, we'll see the, the ruling council or whatever, and, like, they'll mm -hmm. be sitting around a table, and it'll be all of them, or, you know, all the ones we know about. And Yeah. Know, I like all of that. Mm -hmm. And, like I say, I, I feel like there's other uh, guest stars that I can't think of right now. Yeah. Like, there were, there were several good ones. Those are the two that I remember. Uh, yeah. And I'm looking it up. And uh, not finding anything while I'm talking. So the only ones that I remember, Ho like Hodgman, like you said earlier, no, he's not a. And, uh, oh no, not, no, he was just a guest star. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's, no, I'm trying to remember everybody now. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to remember who showed up. Yeah. As, uh, as Cylons. Okay, here we go. Let's see. Six I feel more. like I'm doing the uh, the the Letterman top ten because I'm clicking on number one, <laughs> number two, top ten, top ten Cylon guest yeah. stars of all okay. time. Dean Stockwell was number one. Mm -hmm. uh, number two was my internet is slow. My favorite yes, character. Uh, a model of human Cylons da, 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 does not say who it was played by. So all right. who knows? Developed an obsession with. Uh, Starbuck. So, unclear. I think three was... Uh, yeah, Lucy Lawless. I just... I yeah. feel like there's another main, like, uh, famous person who played one of them uh, that I'm not thinking of, and uh, I'm about to give up on this. Yeah. This is, this is not great radio. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Oh, well. 
Someone someone knows the answer and is screaming at us right now. What are you going to do? <laughs> Tell me next week when I forget about all of this. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, shrug. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the show holds up more or less. At least the parts of mm-hmm. it that are good. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, no, I kind of want to. I kind of want to get back into watching this again. So we'll, we'll watch see. it again. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Just, you and you know. Oh, it's starting to get. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I noticed in your notes you were very. You have very fond memories of Billy. Oh yeah, Billy. Uh, the uh, president. The president's Roslin's, like uh, uh, assist, aide. Uh, aide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was around. Billy. He was like he didn't do anything. He no. was just he was and, a nice kid who worked And for the when president. you look at him, he's such a Billy. Oh, totally. Like, why do you like Billy? I don't know. I just I have a fondness for him. And then he he dies in like a really stupid like terrorist attack in like season three. This is a thing mm-hmm. the show did occasionally with like it's n- never like the main characters, but like the supporting cast. Sometimes they just died. Yeah. Like which in, is, like that that keeps the danger fresh at yeah. least. Like in season th- I think it's season three, like Duala just kills herself out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was a massive shock at, shock to me at the time. Mm-hmm. And again, like, again, it's just a thing I liked about the show. It's just like they had the thing where like anyone could die. So you like Billy because he's dead. Yeah. I like Billy because he's dead and he was, uh, he was a nice guy when he was alive. All right. I don't know. He's usually the kind of guy, like, you know, we make fun of, like mm-hmm. Ensign Ricky. Yeah, no. I love you, Billy. Mourn you till I join you. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Uh, No, I think that's it. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Next week, I didn't put it in the doc, but I told you what my two choices were anyway, yep. so you're not going to be too surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to stick with my, uh, at least a tangential connection to Star Trek. Sure. Thing. So, I almost picked Doom Patrol, because uh, everything else is trash. Uh-huh. But I could not find a way doing any kind of mental gymnastics to say, look, there's some connect. There's no connection whatsoever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just a thing I'm doing. Matt can pick whatever he wants, mm-hmm. but this is a thing that I've chosen to do. I mean, I did pick something with Star Trek that's related to Star in Trek this, this week. In, in this case, you did, yes. But last time you just picked something that looked good to you. So. Yep. And I will and continue to do so. Please continue doing that. But I, just cause, mm-hmm. to challenge myself because... Really, because there's too many choices. Sure. Because I look at a list of 50 shows, I'm like, oh, where do I even start? And then it's like, okay, whittle it down to something that had a Star Trek guy in it or was written by a Star Trek guy or something, and that that helps. Um, so what I've chosen is uh, there's an episode of Black Mirror, Ooh. which everyone kind of already knows of as the Star Trek episode. It's called USS Callister. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, it's about technology gone wrong. What?! Yeah. Black Mirror, you've done it again. It's it's um it's about like immersive VR and a guy has a rich fantasy life in a in a Star Trek uh, simulation basically. Oh cool. Okay. And I won't, you know, I won't tell you where it goes, but that's like that's that's the start of it. Mm. Uh and it stars um uh what's his name? Jesse Plemons. Uh, uh I swear to god, from... I thought you were going to say Jesse Pinkman. Well, he's from Breaking Bad. Mm. He was uh Todd Oh, Todd. Now, this is confusing because the guy who played Jesse plays Todd in a different show. Mm -hmm. And a guy named Jesse played Todd in Breaking Bad. Todd was the sociopath, if I recall correctly. Yes, yes, yes. The guy who looks a bit like Matt Damon that some people started calling Meth Damon. Yep, that's accurate. 
And he does when he goes into his uh, fantasy world, he does a bit of a Shatner in, in not not like every hack stand up comedian's Shatner, but kind of a, you know, I'm the captain. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very good. Like he's got a bit more range than just playing a crazy psychopath. So cool. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's for next week. Uh, uh, so it's Black Mirror available on Netflix if you want to watch along. Yes. All oh, right. It's, it is a Netflix original, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, where where can they get that? Oh, right. Netflix. Netflix. Uh, Netflix has so little these days. It really does. Like I would if if I didn't like, you know, a lot of their like sh- I like their original shows, their original well. shows. Like if I didn't like BoJack and Stranger Things so much, like I'd be yeah. gone. Yeah. No. Remember when it would be like, I want to watch this movie that came out a year ago. Let's see if it's on Netflix. The answer is now always no. Yep. They have, this is getting off topic a little bit, and doesn't apply to you at all, but they have the worst selection of horror movies. I, that doesn't surprise me. Any genre, I bet they have the smallest representation to just say, you look, we got some. Mm-hmm. I was, for a while, when I was doing my uh, soap opera thing, Yeah, I was watching some telenovelas, because those are ridiculous and great. And they had a great selection of those about three or four years ago, and now they got nothing. Mm-hmm. My th- it's, it's like that across the board, I think. My theory is that now that they don't have The Office anymore, the whole the whole network is about 10 minutes away from shutting down. Is that show that... I hear people say that. Is that show that popular people in reruns still? fucking flipped out, man. Really? I mean, I liked it. I yeah, enjoyed it's, it. it but yeah, it's a fine really? show. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, it's like, it's you know, it's not as good as uh, Parks and Rec, but... Uh, no. Or 30 Rock. Or... Arrested Development, yeah. if you stop at, like, three, mm-hmm. or, like, there's plenty of sitcoms that are about as good. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's weird. All right. Anyway, uh, the website, as ever, postatomichorror.com. You can write to us, postatomichorror at Gmail. You can contact us on Twitter, at Algar, at RobotMatt. Mm-hmm. Uh, please check out Endeavor. Yes, please. Uh, the new episode drops July 1st, so probably not long after you're hearing this. Yep. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, this is the first first contact episode mm-hmm. where we got some brand new, uh, never seen in Star Trek before aliens showing up, and there's going to be more more to come. Yeah, this there, is also so. our first big uh, co writing one. Like we did this, we uh, yeah. did the script on this one together. Yeah, we're going to be doing more of that going forward. I yeah. think because it turned out very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also the first time we got as much of the cast together as we could to record. Oh, that was um, so fun. Yeah. Uh, Joe and Jason, the guys who play uh, the captain and Kutch, unfortunately live uh, far away. Mm-hmm. But uh, everyone else, including Matt, managed yeah. to get in the same room and record everything together. And that was that was nice. So the energy is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at ussendeavor.com. Yep. And if you go on, uh, it's actually also now on Spotify. I know some people like to hear podcasts through there. So mm-hmm. this show is there. Yep. Also Endeavor, pretty much everything I do. Yeah. So uh, check that out. Um, um, I am on uh, Tinsel Brian's show Tinseltown this week reviewing Ghostbusters two. If you want to check that out, there's no possible way you got randomized that movie. Uh, no, I picked that one. I was gonna say because last time with Batman Returns, it was like I don't believe it. And if you got both of them, like mm-hmm. no fucking way. No, no, I specifically requested Ghostbusters two. Ah, okay, very good. And, yes, and I recently recorded with him uh, doing a much worse movie than that. Uh huh. I bet that'll be coming up in a few weeks. Uh, and that's it. Something. Uh, Tinseltown. I, I want to say Tinseltownpod.tumblr.com. No, that's not right. Or uh, I think it's Christmas uh, holiday pod. Oh, fuck. Oh, Sorry, fuck Brian. I... Yeah. <laughs> Fix your branding, man. Should be like Tinseltown.com or something. Anyway, it's on iTunes if you punch in Tinseltown. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we will be back next week. Yeah. See you, folks. The Post Atomic Battlestar Galactica podcast is a co production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. 
Please don't sue us, we're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.